Hello, this is Gareth O'Callaghan welcoming you to my very first podcast for Senior Times. A good friend from my days of radio gave me a call one afternoon recently, and that was Mike Murphy. And Mike asked me if I would be interested in recording a series of podcasts for Senior Times. I think I'd said yes before he'd even finished asking the question. So it's lovely to be able to present these weekly diary podcasts. As you might already know, my radio career came to a very unexpected end back in August 2018 when I was diagnosed with a rare but very serious illness called multiple system atrophy or MSA as it's more often called. It's not only a very rare illness, it's also incurable, it's progressive and it carries what they call a fatal prognosis. That's of course if something else doesn't get me beforehand. I can still remember the day I received the diagnosis from my neurologist as clearly as if it were only yesterday. It was a scorching hot Friday afternoon outside my hospital window and I was in the Matter University Hospital in Dublin where I had just undergone a couple of weeks, two gruelling weeks of tests as an inpatient and my neurologist had decided after weeks of tests as an outpatient that it would probably make an awful lot more sense to be admitted to hospital where more tests could be carried out in a shorter amount of time. The idea was that by testing me for dozens of different neurological and autoimmune diseases that they could, by a process of elimination, finally find out what was wrong with me. The country was enjoying one of the warmest summers in years. Do you remember the summer of 2018? While here I was sitting on the edge of my hospital bed listening to this consultant explaining to me that my life was going to be very different from now on and that whatever time I had left would most likely not be very pleasant and that my health would deteriorate and the illness worsen as the months passed by. That diagnosis came over two years ago. I can still remember that afternoon sitting there in the hospital bed wondering what the days and weeks ahead were going to feel like how this illness was going to progress and what I might feel as it edged its way deeper inside me. I even wondered how I might live if it was to progress very, very rapidly, as I have seen it do in other people I've got to know since then. Some of them have sadly died, while others are still trying to deal with this cruel disease that treats every single person who has it differently. What I mean by that is that it progresses almost uniquely in that very rarely would you come across, say, two MSA cases that are taking the same path. Different symptoms, different physical experiences. It's another reason why it's one of the most difficult illnesses to diagnose. I'll come back to that one a little later on. I'm almost 60, although I certainly don't feel like I'm almost 60, but I am. That's according to my birthday, which lands on St. Patrick's Day, which I am very patriotic and very proud about. It's a wonderful day to have a birthday because you know, whether you like it or not, that it's going to be celebrated like no other date on the Irish calendar. It's always been a very special day for me, as I know it is for so many Irish people both here and around the world. I know that for the second year in a row, St. Patrick's Day will be a very different celebration in 2021 because of this global pandemic that has completely changed the way we have lived our lives. I mentioned earlier on it's the new normal, as it's being referred to lately. Just glancing at the news over the past few days, it's all talk about vaccines. The new vaccine is available. 
There'll be another new vaccine available eventually in 2021, 2021. So will this mean an end to the tight, restricted ways that we've had to learn to get used to in order to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe and healthy? I guess only time will tell. As I sit here today, the numbers continue to rise alarmingly. So who knows what the new year is going to bring? I'm imagining hundreds, if not thousands, of medical scientists in laboratories all over the world who are on a countdown to finding ways to save lives in the months ahead. They'll need more vaccines, new strains of new viruses. It seems to be the way our future looks at this stage. These will be the people that future generations will, I think, look back on as the heroes who saved lives during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. Much like my great-grandparents' generation looks back on Alexander Fleming, who discovered penicillin in 1928, quite by accident, in fact, while he was experimenting with the flu virus. Fleming later said, one sometimes finds what one is not looking for. When I woke up just after dawn on September 28, 1928, he said, I certainly didn't plan to revolutionise all medicine by discovering the world's first antibiotic or bacteria killer. But I guess that was exactly what I did. I like that line. One sometimes finds what one is not looking for. Someday soon, hopefully, this illness, which is a part of all of our lives at the moment, will be curable as a result of scientists finding what they weren't necessarily looking for. It could be as simple as that. On the other hand, they might never find a cure. I like that line. One sometimes finds what one is not looking for. Maybe someday soon, this illness that I have, that's a part of my daily life, will no longer be incurable, but curable, as a result of a scientist finding what he wasn't looking for. It could be as simple as that. On the other hand, they might never find a cure. That's not being pessimistic. It's simply being realistic and pragmatic. I'm a realist and I'm also an optimist. Glass half full as much as I can be that strong. Although there are those days when there's very little of anything in the glass, but that's fine too. You can't be hopeful all the time. Sure, that would just wear you out. It's okay not to be okay. I often need to remind myself of these words. It's okay not to be okay. Or should that be, it's okay to be not okay. One word I do not like is the word terminal. It's so final so harsh, it's so unforgiving. It feels as though there can be no coming back once the word terminal is brought into the unfolding of events. It leaves no room for hope, no room for curiosity. But what has curiosity got to do with an incurable illness? Actually, curiosity is at the very heart of hopefulness. If I can no longer be curious about this illness, then I might as well give up. It's by being curious that we learn how to live this post diagnosis life that many of us find ourselves in unexpectedly. Whenever I'm curious, I always learn something new. I've always thankfully been a very curious type. It's my curiosity that keeps me active. I won't ever allow an illness to define who I am, but I do like to think that my curiosity is a big part of who I am, a big part of what drives me on. Whenever you hear the word incurable, when you're told by a medical expert that your condition is incurable, your entire world, that wonderful, private, familiar place you feel safe in, that you belong within, that you feel you have a right to call your own, it falls apart. Your entire world falls apart. 
it collapses in seconds. But no one else sees that because it's happening to you, within you. You look the same on the outside, but inside everything has shifted. It's like a great tall tree that collapses in the deserted silence of an empty forest. The other trees remain tall and strong. Nothing else moves or changes. I've been in that private, familiar place that I felt safe in, only to feel it collapse in the time it takes to say the word incurable. Obviously, as the weeks go by, I'll be talking more about this condition. Say hello to Independent Weekend Home Delivery. Save up to 40% with the Irish Independent and Sunday Independent, delivered to your door every weekend. Plus, enjoy premium access to independent.ie and read our interactive e-paper edition all week long. All from just €5 per week. Search for Independent Home Delivery now. Your free travel card can be used on all Expressway coach services. Despite restrictions, we're staying on the road. Whether you need to attend a medical appointment or for any other essential journey, remember to travel with Expressway. Expressway. Keeping Ireland connected. Here's your chance to win a top-of-the-range smartphone, a Doro 8050, designed specifically for seniors. Doro are market leaders in creating phones with clearer sound and larger text, one that's protected if it falls or can alert others if you do, and makes staying in touch with family and friends simple and enjoyable. Doro helped to make ageing an independent, secure and rich part of life. As you know, age is just a number. All you need to do to win a Doro smartphone is go to the website seniortimes.ie and follow the instructions. The lucky winner will be announced on the Senior Times Facebook page. Doro Phones, making technology easy for all. Our health service is here for you this winter and we're taking every step to protect you from COVID-19. Our services are open and working from routine appointments to urgent care. Remember to check your prescriptions and keep a list of your medicines handy. And look out for your Keeping Well This Winter booklet in the post. Visit hse.ie or call HSE Live on 1850 24 1850 for more information. From the HSE. We're in the middle of Christmas right now. It's uh, a time, I suppose, for so many people this year that has proved to be one of the greatest tests of their lives. It's certainly the most different type of Christmas that I can remember. Uh, looking back at the last 60 years of my life, certainly all the Christmases I remember, there has never been a Christmas like this Christmas. I'm always mindful when I wish anyone a happy Christmas that this time of the year might be far from happy for so many people for so many different personal reasons. So bearing that in mind, I do hope that you enjoy spending this time with me as I talk about my own Christmas memories and what Christmas means to me. We've had the most extraordinary year. 2020 will be a time, I suppose, a blur of days and weeks and months that most of us will remember as the most unsettling and unpredictable year we've ever been through. I'm so conscious that many people who are listening to this will have lost loved ones, um, relations, direct family members who didn't make it through. The COVID-19 virus was that thief in the night for so many close-knit families and communities. It randomly picked on the most vulnerable. In many cases, it also stole away those that we least expected would be taken by it. Age and good health and strength seemingly meant 
nothing for many who who unfortunately didn't survive this particular virus. I remember this time last year, in the days just before Christmas, everyone around me was almost done with their Christmas gifts lists. And typically, I had decided to wait until the last minute and sit in an empty shopping centre car park from around 6am until the shops opened at 7am, with barely hours to go before everything closed for the holiday season. And this is the spirit of Christmas that so many, so many of us, I suppose, have taken for granted for so long. It's not until something you've always had is taken away from you, something that was just always there, but now it's gone, or it's been half-handed to us with strict terms and conditions for our own safety, that we really miss what we had last year or every year for as far back as we can remember. But then I'm also reminded of those whose Christmases have been sad or violent, unpredictable. Restrictions mean nothing to someone who feels restricted all year round. Maybe as a result of living alone, as a result of homelessness, or those single separated parents who are not allowed to see their children during what is essentially a time for children. And I'm also mindful at the moment of those who are seriously ill. One aspect I've noticed this year is the tendency of young people to chat about their own childhood Christmases. Um, maybe it's, it's a comfort blanket. It's lovely to reminisce. It's lovely to take ourselves out of a grim, gloomy, bleak situation and to take ourselves back into the memories of the past. I can still vividly remember my own Christmases as a small boy compared to what we've made Christmas out to be in recent years. Certainly the Christmases of our childhoods were starkly different, but so beautifully enjoyable in so many ways. Midnight Mass and walking home together, uh, wondering whereabouts on his long journey Santa was at that point. Candles sat lighting in the neighbours' windows. Many people still hold on and retain that beautiful, beautiful tradition these days. The tradition was that if the Holy Family should be passing, there was always a welcome in the house that had a candle lit in the window. Others lit windowsill candles for loved ones who were living abroad and wouldn't be home to celebrate the season. Or as a nightlight to remind everybody that Perhaps someone from that house who was there the previous year had passed away and wouldn't be spending Christmas with the family this particular year. Whenever I think of the 1980s and the recession at the start of that decade that drove tens of thousands of young people out of this country to new lives in places like England, Boston, New York, Sydney, Perth, I can see myself in London trying to make plans for a short trip back home at Christmas to see my family. Ryanair had still to appear on the horizon. This would have been round about 1983, 1984. And a flight back home, for those of you who may not remember, with Aer Lingus from Heathrow, could easily cost you a week's wages unless you booked their Apex Fare. Do you remember the Apex Fare? The Apex Fare required you to stay over for a Saturday night and book your journey at least two weeks in advance. I think the Apex Fair that Christmas in 1984 cost me £250 sterling. That was a lot of money back then, but I don't think there's anybody who paid it 
who would say that it wasn't worth every penny. There was something incredibly exciting about standing in the Departures Lounge in Heathrow, chatting with other Irish people from all over Ireland, all over the 32 counties, all excited at the prospect that they were getting home for the Christmas. And these were people you got to know so well in the hour or so that it took to queue for the plane. People you would never see again for the rest of your life. But you were just so delighted to share a drink or share a table with them until your flight was actually called. Those Christmases were the ones where social media hadn't even been thought of yet. Emails and smartphones and laser cards and flights for a fiver were unheard of. Uh, The closer you lived to Ireland, the more likely your chance of making it home. If you lived in the States or Australia, your only contact with home was a phone call on Christmas Day, uh, where the phone would be quickly passed around as many family members as you could talk to before your money ran out. And then, of course, there was the silence and the tears and the sadness that lingered long after the phone call had ended. They were very, very difficult times. I remember spending one Christmas in West Yorkshire. I worked at the time for Radio Air in Leeds and living in a small farming village called Keithley. Uh, This was three miles from Haworth, the home village of the Bronte sisters, and close to where they filmed the railway children. It was one of the most beautiful places I have ever seen, but it still wasn't home. And on Christmas Day that year, while we all waited on a beautiful traditional Christmas dinner in our local pub, I walked across the fields at the back of my rented room to the top of a hill where I could look out over the Irish Sea. And it was a perfectly still afternoon. And even from that distance, I could make out how calm the sea was. It was quite a considerable distance, but it was such a gentle calm Christmas afternoon. I imagined my family sitting down to Christmas dinner. It had been my first Christmas away from home and I suppose I felt brokenhearted, like so many people who can't make it home for Christmas. I think it it must have been the call of an Irish Christmas that has always been in my DNA. And I think Irish people all over the world will be able to relate to that. For so many who have lived away most of their lives, I'm sure it's still the same. This Christmas particularly will be heartbreaking for many families who can't be reunited due to what is becoming the new normal. But now we have FaceTime and we have WhatsApp and we have Zoom, free calls on Christmas Day, but nothing will ever compare to a real hug and a long embrace in the arrivals terminal after a 16-hour flight that maybe was booked the previous April and planned meticulously in the six weeks before being homeward bound. I sometimes feel as though the world is once again as inaccessible, certainly as I felt it was when I lived in England back in the 1980s, or during the period I lived in America in the mid-80s. Getting from A to B is once again a logistical effort. Uh, It's a huge effort that might work, but then again it might not. I'm often reminded that Christmas will come and Christmas will go, as though this is a way of reassuring someone who hates Christmas that it's only one day. It's not. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's 100% in love with Christmas. I'm most certainly not. Christmas is not a place or a day or a time. It's a feeling. It's an experience. It has nothing to do with Black Friday deals or trying to keep everybody happy by making sure so-and-so is not sitting beside so-and-so at the Christmas table. 
It's about finding time to reflect, which can be difficult. It's about coming home to yourself, I think. Whenever I look back now on those Christmases that stand out, it's about finding some personal space in the middle of all the madness where you can be what you want to be. For quite a few years after my first marriage ended, I chose to spend Christmas Day on my own. And that might sound very strange or even selfish to some people listening to this, but I'm sure there are many people who can relate to why I would want to be on my own on those Christmas days. For years, I always kept my Christmas Day quite simple. I would present my radio show in the morning and then I would call over to see my daughters for a while and exchange gifts and then call to see my parents who lived quite close to me. And then I usually locked myself away for the rest of the day, had my Christmas dinner, which I had bought in from my local pub, Carvery, the previous day, have a few drinks and listen to whatever music appealed to me, depending on how I was feeling. I can remember vividly one particular Christmas during the time I lived and worked in Galway. My plan was to travel to Dublin on Christmas Eve after I had finished presenting the breakfast show. I had provisionally booked into a local travel lodge close to where my daughters were living so that I could meet them that afternoon and then call early the following morning, Christmas Day, to see what Santa had brought them. Everything went to plan until about 10 o'clock that night on Christmas Eve. I had met a few old friends I hadn't seen in a while for a few drinks. I'd left my car close by outside a friend's apartment where I had planned to leave it for the night. Uh, My friend had returned to New York for the Christmas, so he gave me his parking space. The plan was to catch the last bus from the pub to the travel lodge and then walk back the following morning, collect the car and call to see my daughters. There was only one problem. I had booked the travel lodge, but I hadn't paid for my room. And when I rang them at 10 that evening, the night porter informed me that my booking had been cancelled. The room had been given away and there were no rooms at the inn. To cut a long story short, I ended up sleeping in my car on a Christmas Eve when the temperature outside had dropped to minus five degrees. It was a night I will never forget. My saving grace was that at least I was indoors, so to speak. I had a roof over my head. I didn't want to leave the engine running for too long in case I fell asleep. But if I didn't run the engine inside of the car became so cold that I could barely move, never mind sleep. In the end, I decided to set the alarm on my phone so that it would wake me every 20 minutes if I had the engine running in order to heat up the car. Sometime around about four in the morning, I was woken up by somebody rapping on the window. The engine was running, the car was beautifully warm, but standing over the windscreen, staring in at me, were two men in uniforms. I opened the door and brought the driver's seat back to its upright position and two guards stood there staring at me. It took me a few minutes to explain to them what was going on, but they seemed to be okay with my story. They left and I tried to get back to sleep. I had reassured them that I would be leaving first light. Uh, By then, my legs were aching. My feet were so cold I could barely feel my toes. I had just nodded off again when there was another rap on the window. The Gardaí were back. This must have been about half an hour later. And I reckoned they were either going to tell me to move my car there and then or that I was going to spend the rest of the night in a cell 
in the local Garda station. I opened the car window and one of the men handed me a bag and a takeaway coffee. Here you go, you might as well have these, he said. We called into the filling station up the road and thought, you looked like you could do with a hot drink and a sandwich. It's ham, he said. It's all they have left. They wished me a happy Christmas and they drove away. I can't remember the exact Christmas, but it was definitely 12 or 13 years ago now. So whenever I think of what Christmas is all about and what makes Christmas really special and the moments of Christmas's past that certainly I remember for a lifetime, that's one particular moment I will never forget. On my journey back to Galway later that Christmas afternoon, it crossed my mind that those two Gardaí had obviously been chatting about me on their way to the filling station, probably wondering had they done the right thing leaving me there, talking about finding me asleep in my car on a freezing cold Christmas Eve. One of them had paid out of his own money for a coffee and a sandwich for a complete stranger, when I'm sure he would much prefer to have been at home with his own family that Christmas morning. I'm sure they checked out my car details. Maybe they knew who I was. Maybe they didn't. That's not the point. They could easily have just driven off and forgotten about me. But they didn't. And all these years later, I can still feel the heat from the cardboard coffee cup as I sipped it and inhaled the aroma and the steam of the hot drink and the delicious taste of this ham sandwich. Maybe that's the sort of stuff that Christmas is all about. I believe it is. Our health service is here for you this winter and we're taking every step to protect you from COVID-19. Our services are open and working from routine appointments to urgent care. Remember to check your prescriptions and keep a list of your medicines handy and look out for your Keeping Well This Winter booklet in the post. Visit hse.ie or call HSE Live on 1850 24 1850 for more information from the HSE. Your free travel card can be used on all Expressway coach services. Despite restrictions, we're staying on the road. Whether you need to attend a medical appointment or for any other essential journey, remember to travel with Expressway. Expressway. Keeping Ireland connected. Here's your chance to win a top-of-the-range smartphone, a Doro 8050, designed specifically for seniors. Doro are market leaders in creating phones with clearer sound and larger text, one that's protected if it falls or can alert others if you do, and makes staying in touch with family and friends simple and enjoyable. Doro helped to make ageing an independent, secure and rich part of life. As you know, age is just a number. All you need to do to win a Doro smartphone is go to the website seniortimes.ie and follow the instructions. The lucky winner will be announced on the Senior Times Facebook page. Doro Phones, making technology easy for all. Say hello to our Premium Plus e-paper bundle, the interactive replica edition of the Irish Independent, Sunday Independent and The Hurl. Every paper, every day, delivered to your tablet, phone or desktop for less than €3.50 per week. Subscribe at independent.ie. Up close and independent. Yes, this Christmas will be very different in so many ways, despite our best efforts to make it feel like any other Christmas. But in some ways, maybe that's not a bad thing. In some ways. In some ways, for so many, Christmas will never be the same again. 
after the year that we've all been through for those who have managed to make it through. And there are some who will wonder if it was a miracle that got them this far. This will be a very different type of Christmas. Everyone's house will feel different in some way this year. There will be loved ones who won't be able to make the trip home. But we'll keep reminding ourselves that they'll be sitting beside us at the dinner table this time next year. There will also be loved ones whose familiar place at the table will be empty this year, perhaps for the first time, and in the years that lie ahead. Their absence will leave a just a void, a hollow, aching emptiness that possibly only time might heal. Christmas hurts like no other pain when you whisper their name and nothing comes back. When you look at the number on your mobile phone that you just can't bear to delete, knowing that there won't be an answer if you call it. That's why Christmas time is all about children, especially this year, more than any other. It's our children and their children that remind us of the true meaning of Christmas. That sense of belonging I tend to talk about a lot, and I'll come back to it again in in podcasts over the coming weeks. The sense of belonging to something magical that might only last for a day or two. The big build-up has been magical. It's the magic that helps to lift us above the sadness of a year that thankfully is almost over. And even if you can't feel any magic this Christmas, even if you find yourself far away from your children for whatever reason, then don't give up. Don't ever give up. All that's happening now will pass eventually. Everything does. Everything in life passes. As I have found looking back through the years, as you have found looking back through the years. Life is here to be lived to the full. Don't allow one day prevent you from living this wonderful life. So then, what lies ahead in terms of the podcasts? Well, I'm going to present one each week. It's going to take the shape of a diary. I'm still not quite sure what will be in each podcast, what will fill that diary, but I've no doubt I'll find plenty to talk about. As many of you might know, I've been writing a lot on Facebook down through the years about my outlook on life, I suppose, about things that grab my attention, observations, things that excite me and enthrall me and annoy me and concern me. And I love talking about life. I love talking about all aspects of life. I've been writing a lot on Facebook down through the years about life. What do I write about? I love to write about what makes life special and engaging, but at a level that we don't always give a lot of thought to. So when I was asked to record a podcast, I thought that the next stage of the journey would be to record a weekly chat about all the things I find that are important to me when it comes to living life to the full. So over the course of this series, I'll be talking about my younger years and how music became such a central part of my life. I always imagined that I would either join a band or become a DJ, a radio DJ. In the end, Radio One hands down. Although for as long as I can remember, I still have this silent ambition to stand on a great big stage surrounded by my favourite musicians and sing live to a huge sellout audience. There's something about singing that releases so many emotions and feelings that can lie dormant within us for so long. So many singers who I've had the pleasure of interviewing on the radio show down through the years have tried to describe that feeling of coming off stage after singing before a live crowd of thousands for two or three hours, 
One of those many guests told me it's a feeling that basically changes your life. It's both draining and exhilarating all at once. You want to get back out there and do it all again. It's like a drug. For me, it turned out to be radio. I became addicted to it at a very, very young age when I was barely 12 years old. Uh, I discovered Radio Luxembourg on our small kitchen radio set that I would smuggle into my bed with me at night while everyone else in the house was fast asleep. Luxie, as it was known. Broadcasting on 208 metres. That was on medium wave, or AM as it's known now. And many of those DJs, people like Kid Jensen and Benny Brown and Peter Powell, forged the way for this young teenager to plan his career behind the microphone. What else would I like to chat about? Well, it's a bit like making a bucket list of conversational topics and interesting stories. Reading for me is such a central part of my life. I couldn't imagine a world without books. I just love books. I love reading. I can lose hours in a bookshop. I have this rule that I never leave a bookshop without buying a book. Our generation is completely spoiled for choice when it comes to books. Who would have ever thought 30 years ago that with the click of a button, you can have practically any book available delivered to your house within a few days? Or that you could download a book for less than a euro and start reading it instantly? Louis Lemour once said, once you've read a book you care about, some part of it is always with you. That's so true. From where I'm sitting now, I'm looking up at shelves of books that I've collected over many, many years. I can see four of my favourite books of all time. There's Brian Keenan's beautiful and deeply spiritual Four Quarters of Light. Pat Conroy's Beach Music. There's William Boyd's Any Human Heart. And there's John Grisham's The Testament. Wonderful book. A couple of years ago, when I moved out of my apartment and moved to Cork, I realised... I owned more books than clothes. And I suppose in hindsight, I wouldn't have it any other way. As Austin Phelps said, wear the old coat and buy the new book. So occasionally in this series, I'll recommend a book or maybe more than just one. Don't ever leave your house without a book. So please take my invitation to check back with Senior Times in the coming days. There are many, many wonderful podcasts here some great guests and some very, very well-known individuals with great stories to tell. And if you've enjoyed my first podcast, I hope you're already looking forward to the next one. We'll have lots to talk about. My wish to you this Christmas is for one of your wishes to come true, whichever one that might be. As the American writer Richard Bach once said, you are never given a wish without also being given the power to make it come true. However, you may have to work for it. Until the next time, take care and stay safe. From me, Gareth O'Callaghan, thank you. Thank you.